Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The man in linen stands over the waters of the stream because Jesus is Lord over the flood of your life. He's Lord over the peoples who cry out like the voice of many waters, and he has sovereignty over people moving through time. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's message with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion to The Man in Linen. We brought you the first portion of this broadcast yesterday, and we hope that you enjoy the conclusion. Remember, it's always available in its entirety without interruption at reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Here's Pastor Mike. When I seek him on my knees for grace, I find it at the beginning of the journey, not the end And thus he is with me on the way. We don't deserve to walk in white with linen unless Jesus puts a robe of white on us that is not of human devising. And so the man in linen is the one man who is righteous and who can make us all clean. He's the one man in linen, the Hebrew text says. The man in linen in Daniel 10.5 is clothed with the gold of Euphes. This is the clothing of the high priest who served the people of God. In 1 Peter 1.7, Peter tells us gold represents faith tried by fire. Character comes when we hang on to God with faith, tried by fire as we grow in Christ. 1 Peter 1.7. Look at this verse. Amazing verse. So that the genuineness of your faith, more precious than what? What does it say? Gold, which though perishable is tested how? By fire, may redound to praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Our faith that hangs in there is the goal God wants in our life. So the man in linen has the gold of faith and the essential character we all need. Now we hear a lot about character perfection in our church as of late. I am all for that if it's in Jesus. I could care less for it if it's outside of Jesus. I don't want someone to come to me and offer me a kind of perfection that is not centered in a love relationship with Jesus Christ. But I do want victory and to overcome in Jesus' name. You hear me? So the Laodicean church, which is the final church age in the book of Revelation, lacks the gold. It lacks the faith refined by testing and fire. The only way to get that is to come to Christ. Christ gives us that purity in our lives. By faith, Jesus' friend lived a perfect life, period. By faith, Jesus went to the cross as our substitute, period. By faith, Jesus conquered death and sin for us, which Paul says is the most important truth of the apostolic gospel. Christ died for our sins. Jesus is faithful to his people and for his people. And friend, Jesus gives us the faith we need to be faithful and to be saved. That is why the man in Lent is clothed with the gold of Euphas. 
The text also says that the man in linen's body was like burl, the Revised Standard Version translation there. The Hebrew word translated burl is tarshish. It is considered a yellow jasper stone that has a gold appearance to it. If it's real burl, it's either red or green or something like that, maybe aquamarine. But here, it's most likely the jasper color stone. Friend, God the Father is called jasper in the Greek language. That's the color for him in Revelation 4. Jesus is the golden one who looks just like God because he is God. The text says his appearance was like lightning. That's how Jesus looked on the Mount of Transfiguration. You test him. You know, he's up there on the mountain, Mount Tabor probably. He's taking Peter, James, and John, and suddenly the future backs up into time, and the glory of the age to come fills the mountain, and his body starts glowing like a Tesla coil, white and bright, and the lightning flashes from within him. And he was right there on the mountain. He was the man in linen again. He was with Moses and Elijah. Moses had been resurrected, according to Jude 9. Elijah had never died. And here these two living men were with him on the holy mountain. And what would he do? You see, the draw was so great at that moment, he was getting ready to be pulled right into heaven. He had lived a perfect life. You know, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He has clean hands, pure heart. In other words, the man in linen can do this. And he could have gone home right then to glory. But he looked at Moses and Elijah. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Both of them had sinned. They were living on a credit card of grace. Because if the cross had not happened, they would go right back down into the grave where they would die for the first time in the case of Elijah. And so what would he do? And the whole human race was represented by these two men standing before him. And so the glow of the man in linen stopped glowing. The lightning stopped flashing. And so he entered back into the human realm again at the top of that mountain. And he came down, he stepped down, and he went to the cross to save us from our sins before he would go to glory. God appeared in lightning at Mount Sinai when the law was given. So the man in linen is the lawgiver because Jesus is the living Word of God. The Bible says his eyes were like torches in Daniel 10. When God appeared to Abraham in the darkness to make a covenant to save him in the human race, God the Father as a smoking fire pot and God the Son as Jesus Christ as a torch, the light of the world, together they clasped their spiritual hands and they walked between the pieces of the cut carcass to say, if we do not keep the covenant to save the human race and to be truthful to Abraham and his descendants, may we be cut in two. And so the covenant of salvation was affirmed in the covenant to Abraham. And together in holy covenant, they affirmed the truth. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He was the flaming torch that appeared to Abraham. He was the light of the dawn of creation. And so he stands in human form and he says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus will come in fire at the end of the age because Jesus is the fire, the white hot heat of God's loving glory. The book of Hebrews says that the radiance of God's glory flows from Christ because he is the exact representation of his character. The word of God is like a flaming sword in the Bible that cuts to the quick, that goes to the marrow of the soul. So Christ's eyes in the book of Revelation and Daniel are like torches that can see right through you. You know, when Christ looks into your eyes, there's no lying, there's no deceiving. He knows you for every good and every bad thing you've ever done. There's no fooling him. 
Daniel 10, 6, the man in linen has arms and feet that look like polished bronze. The Hebrew says literally like a fountain or an eye of bronze. Why bronze? In the sanctuary, the holy place had gold and silver in it. The most holy place with the Ark of the Covenant had only gold in it. But the outer court had bronze in it with no silver or gold. You see, the sanctuary represents heaven. The menorah lights represent the stars you see at night. But the outer court that was the color of earth, of bronze, represents this world. The altar of sacrifice was made of bronze because the Bible's trying to tell us that Jesus left heaven. He left the heavenly sanctuary. He came to this earth. He died on the altar of the earth in the outer court for our sins. So the man in linen is bronze. Why? Because the man in linen went to the altar as the son of man to save us from our sins. Finally, in Daniel 10.6, the Bible says the man in linen's voice was like the voice of many waters. You ever wonder what that means? Why is his voice like the voice of many waters? You ever scratched your head and tried to figure that one out? Yes or no? You have? I'm going to show you. Waters in Scripture represent peoples. The voice of many waters, let's just do the spiritual analogy in math here. If waters equal people or peoples, many waters would be how many peoples? Lots of them, right? So his voice is like the voice of many people. Now look at Isaiah 17, 12. It just will say this in so many words. Ah, the thunder of many peoples. They thunder like the thundering of the sea. Ah, the roar of nations. They roar like the roaring of mighty waters. So why would this expression be used to describe the man in linen? Why does the man in linen have the voice of many waters? Friend, Christ has that unique voice because only one man can speak for all people, and that is the Son of Man. Only one man understands the language of the heart who can interpret who you are and what you are saying in your prayer life and present it to God. Thus, he is the voice of many waters. You may speak German. He knows German. You may speak Vietnamese. He knows Vietnamese. And dear heart, you may not speak at all because you are overcome with the sorrow of a broken heart and he knows the language of a broken heart. And this he can present to God because his voice is the voice of many waters. Jesus knows your unique need. And he's not afraid to confess your name before his Father and the holy angels. You know, I've thought of many pictures that we find in the book of Daniel. But one that really drives home to my heart is the picture of the Son of Man in Daniel 7, 13, coming to the Ancient of Days in the pre-Advent investigative judgment. Coming to the Father. And Christ tells us what he would do in this event. He tells us that there would come a day when he would stand before the Father and the holy angels. And Daniel 7 shows this at the end of the four great world empires, just before the second coming. He comes before the Ancient of Days and is presented before him. And the Bible says, unto him was given kingdom, dominion, and glory. And so what's he going to do up there before God the Father, in the most holy place, before the throne of God, the Ark of the Covenant, where Lucifer sinned and rebelled? Christ tells us in the book of Revelation, he says, if you hang in there with me, If you do not forget who I am in your life, he says, I will confess your name before my Father and the holy angels. You know, I've been afraid in my life of the judgment day. I don't like the idea of standing before God and having him sift through every mistake I've made. I've made a lot of them. Have you? Dear heart, it's a proxy judgment because Christ who died for us in the pains of Calvary 
and we are baptized into Christ will represent us because we are in his heart and life. He will come before his Father and confess our names as his because of our relationship to him. So you can't minimize that importance. Jesus is our right to righteousness. Jesus is our ticket to eternity. Jesus is our road out of here. In the book of Daniel, the man in linen found Daniel at the bank or hand of the great river where the flood overflows and passes through. We're all haunted by waters of the great river in this life, and there Jesus found Daniel. There he found him as an old man. But in the book of Daniel, the man in linen takes his place with authority in Daniel 12 over the waters of the stream. Now, Christ walked on water. Remember Peter? Jesus was out there. He said, Peter, come to me, right? And Peter did fine until Peter started looking what? Down. If he kept his eyes on Christ, he could have walked on water. Christ had to pull him out of the water. Where does this picture come from? It doesn't start in the New Testament. It comes from Daniel chapter 12. In Daniel 12, the man in linen is standing on the waters. He's standing over the waters, and thus he has sovereignty over the chaos of the great river. He has sovereignty over that which would threaten to destroy us. Look at Daniel 12, 7. The man clothed in linen, that's the preexistent Christ, who was on or above the waters of the stream, raised his right hand and his left hand toward heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever and ever, that would be for what? A time two times and half a time, and that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, all these things would be accomplished. The man in linen stands over the waters of the stream because Jesus is Lord over the flood of your life. He's Lord over the peoples who cry out like the voice of many waters, and he has sovereignty over people moving through time. Now, we all get beat up. You ever get beat up? You ever get bullied a little bit? shattered in life and broken by the flood. Jesus stands over that to intervene and to pull you out like he did Peter. That means there is nothing in your life that Jesus cannot handle when the flood threatens to sweep you away. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Oxentenka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. There is no force or torrent so strong that it needs sweep you away from God. The one who stands over the stream is the very one who died in the flood of the great river for you. So the man in linen in Daniel understands what it feels like to live in the torrent and the tug of the great flow of chaotic waters. And it moves through time to the end of days. You see, he doesn't just stand over the waters. In the book of Daniel, he enters the waters of the stream. Daniel 9.26, it says in the Hebrew, his end with the flood. Messiah Prince dies in the great river, in the stream. 
Day 11.22, Jesus was broken in the flood at the cross of Calvary by the Roman Empire, the king of the north, the world kingdom order, by the sins of the world. Day 11.22, armies shall be utterly swept away before him and broken. And what else? And the prince of the covenant. You see where it says swept away? It's the Hebrew word for flood. The flood would find the Messiah and he would be broken. The book of Daniel ends with the vision of the man in linen who stands over the stream to protect God's people in every age. It ends with a picture of Jesus. Daniel 12, 7 says that when the shattering of the power of the holy people comes to an end, the man in linen makes this promise that he will intervene. He will save his people at the time of the end. I don't know about you. I struggle at times in my life with bills. You ever have bills you can't pay? You get hit with something. Somebody hit me recently and, you know, bills. Or something crazy happens here and there and insurance doesn't work for you and you find yourself trying to make ends meet. That's never happened to you, right? Okay, well, it's happened to the preacher here. The man in linen promises to intervene when time gets tough. You know, Jesus keeps his promises. He has the authority by raising his right hand to heaven and swearing by God because he is God. And thus he will bring you to the end of days intact. Christ makes his people clean in Daniel 12, verse 10. It says they'll be purified at the time of the end. Christ makes his people understand prophecy in Daniel 12, 9. They will be an understanding people at the time of the end. The man in linen who stands over the waters in Daniel 12, 7 is the eternal Son of God who is the second person of the Holy Trinity. That's who we find in Daniel 12. The man in linen was never created. He has the power of life in him because he has authority over the flood. He was at the creation at the dawn of time when the Spirit of God was moving over the flood. And God said, let there be light. And Christ is the light of the world, uncreated light. In Daniel twelve seven, he stands over God's people. At the time of the end, things are going to get real bad down here. You think it's bad now? It's going to get worse. And the king of the north representing the world kingdom order at the time of the end, the final manifestation of political and spiritual might in a single coalition of evil will attempt to execute the people of God and to destroy them from the face of the earth. If you don't believe it, just read Daniel 11, 44 to 45. It states it plainly there. And when that crisis floods upon us, and it will come upon us, because I believe we are living in the last days. We are on the eve of the advent of Jesus Christ. When that crisis comes to you and your family, how will you stand? The Bible says Michael will stand up because Michael, in the context of Daniel 12, is the man in linen. The man in linen stands over the waters. Michael in Daniel 12, 1, stands guard over God's people. Now, the name Michael in Hebrew is a question. It's a simple Hebrew question. We don't need to use all kinds of religious tradition to understand what this is. Michael's name in Hebrew is literally, who is like God? Why would you be named that? In the New Testament, Jesus is the answer to this question. Emmanuel, God with us. Michael is God, not a God. He is God. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses got this wrong. John Wesley got it right. Michael is God. He is the guardian and protector of God's people because he is the Son of God, the second person of the eternal and holy trinity. And there are many evangelicals who are resistant to this Arianistic view that we find in the Jehovah's Witnesses' faith. And I think they're good people in the Jehovah's Witnesses' faith. I'm not here to demonize them. They come to my door and they share their view of God and they do it with a smile on their face and I let them in. I enjoy their company. You hear me? Because I found them to be good people. But that's not the issue here. They're wrong about Christ. 
Because Christ is Michael. They're right in that regard, but they're wrong. Michael is the answer to the question, who is like God? Jesus is the eternal Son of God. He is just like God because He is. Friend, you cannot swear by God's name unless you are God. The man in linen swears by God's name. You cannot raise the dead unless you're God. Michael raises the dead in Daniel 12. You cannot make people live forever unless you're God. Michael makes them live forever in Daniel 12.3. You have to be God to do all these things. The story is told in the tradition of the Hasidic Jews of God's intervention at the Red Sea and how God responded to the flood that killed the Egyptians. Pharaoh was in hot pursuit of the children of Israel to destroy them. The pillar of fire and cloud was leading them on. God was in the cloud. And they were trapped. The sea was before them. The Egyptians were behind them. And they were running out of time. They came right there to the Red Sea. And then Pharaoh gave the command. It's in our Bibles. The tradition carries it forth. He was to kill them all. Go into the sea and kill them all. And that's when the waters, when God let his hand back. And the waters of the Red Sea flooded and destroyed the armies of Pharaoh. Now the Hasidic story goes like this. When Pharaoh's army drowned in the Red Sea, the angels began to cheer in heaven because the oppressor was destroyed and the children of Israel saved. Then one of the angels noticed that God was not present on his throne. He had slipped away off his throne. He was not to be found. And he could not be found in all that celebration. And so an angel asked Michael the question, where is God? And then Michael spoke in this ancient Jewish story like this. God is not here because he is off weeping. You see, many thousands of his children were drowned today. I think that captures the picture of our loving God. When God exercises judgment on behalf of his people, part of the heart of God is in sorrow for those he loses. The second coming will be a glorious day because Christ will return. Millions of people who love Jesus are going to be saved. But many more will be lost. And there is a part in the heart of God that does not want that to happen. And he will grieve for those he loses. But when the world comes to an end and the king of the north like Pharaoh moves in to destroy the people of God from earth, the man in linen will step in and stand up to save his people from the oppressor. Daniel 12.1 Now at that time, Michael... The great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will arise, the man in linen. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, notice the qualification here, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Some translations say delivered or saved. Dear heart, let's get to the quick of the matter here. The man in linen will save us from the flood at the end of time. That's what it's saying. Jesus will stand up because he stands guard over our lives in every age. And when the man in linen stands up, only one thing matters in that final inquiry and the investigative judgment. There's only one answer that will deliver you. Friend, is your name found written in the Lamb's book of life? Have you come to Jesus Christ and given your life to him? Or are you living in rebellion against Him? Have you cast your lot with Christ in the great river, the flow of life as peoples are moving through time so that Jesus belongs to you every day of your life? Or are you in the business of living your own life and imposing your will on God and the church and others? Dear heart, Jesus loves His people and He shepherds them in every age with power and strength to lead them into glory. 
So what is the right response to the man in linen? What is it? Surrender your life. Surrender your life. It means humbly surrender your life to the man in linen. And take the robe that is his and let him put it on you. And let it glow. And realize it's not your glow, it's his. And accept the free gift of eternal life. And then live for him every day of your life. Because salvation is a gift. Let him put your name in the Lamb's book of life. And don't do things that would gum it up. Just let him do it. And every day, take those sins to Jesus. And every day, end by making sure you're right with the man in linen. And friend, you will escape the torrent and the tug of the great river at the end of days. You will be saved because Michael will stand up and no time of trouble will take you out of the hand of the God who gave Christ at Calvary's cross for you. Dear Father, we want to get to glory, not in our glory, not boasting of an achievement that we have somehow come up with at the end of days. But Father, we want to be a humble people, as Zephaniah says that stand on Mount Zion who follow the Lamb, as Revelation 14 says. And Lord, may there be no spot on our garments, no lie found in our mouth. And help us, Lord, to live for Jesus. Thank you for the one who died and lives for us. Help us to follow the Lamb. In Jesus' name, amen. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe in prayer. We believe in the God who answers our prayers and meets our needs. Each week, we are standing by to receive your prayer requests and seek God with you. His word declares, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Call our prayer line today with your requests and our team will join you in seeking that the God of heaven will meet each one of your needs. Our telephone number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.